here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag SmackDown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer. Hello again. Welcome, everybody, to Shake Them Ropes, episode 161. It is our bonus show this week. Jeff Hawkins will join me shortly. Rob McCarron here. Jeff and I recorded tonight before Raw went on the air. We talked about Brock Lesnar's anti-doping violation, our final thoughts leading into Tuesday's WWE draft, and our top 100 match series continues with Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels from No Mercy 2008. So a big show. We also opened up the mailbag, asked for questions at Shake Them Ropes and on the Voices of Wrestling forums. Got a lot of good response, so I want to thank everyone for sending their questions in. We will get to the mailbag with Jeff a little bit later in the show. A small programming note, we are back on Wednesday with our regularly scheduled show. We are back on Wednesday with special guest LaToya Ferguson. LaToya Ferguson of the AV Club and the AV Club's Raw Report will be joining us on Shake Them Ropes on Wednesday, we're going to be talking the results of the WWE draft, the future of Raw and SmackDown, as well as preview WWE Battleground. And on that note, we will be back live again on Sunday after WWE Battleground, live streaming on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube page. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. Subscribe to the channel today and join us Sunday night as Jeff and I go through WWE Battleground right after the show ends also up on the YouTube channel right now, the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax has begun. I have uh, continued the series that I do by myself, solo, at least for now. Our G1 Climax recap videos, our daily recap videos have returned. Episode 1 is up right now on the VOW YouTube, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. So if you want to keep track of the uh, G1 tournament but cannot watch the shows live or just don't want to fall behind or want to get caught up on something, go check out the VOW YouTube and the daily recap videos of the G1 Climax. I wanted to amend this uh, beginning to the show because uh, I'm recording this after WWE Raw has aired. Much of our talk with Jeff doesn't necessarily relate to Raw specifically. Uh, we talk more about what's happening on the draft on Tuesday and so forth. Uh, but there was big news from Raw tonight. Daniel Bryan was named the uh, SmackDown general manager, while Mick Foley was revealed the uh, general manager of WWE Raw. So an interesting dynamic where you have two babyface GMs, while the commissioners share the more traditional, for WWE anyway, babyface and heel dynamic. So how will uh, how will Stephanie and Mick Foley get along over the course of time? Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon obviously will get along pretty well. But how will uh, Foley and Stephanie get along? And who will do most of the picks? Are we going to even see infighting on Tuesday? 
Are we going to see infighting on draft picks between Foley and Stephanie? Is that something that's possible? Or will they be on the same page? I'm sure that uh, angle is probably going to be brought up a little bit throughout SmackDown. Last week on the show, I had thought that Triple H might be a pick for the general manager of Raw. But as I I thought about it more and more, just didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Triple H is the COO. What does he need to be the GM for? It's actually a step down. And he's married to Stephanie. He has power no matter what anyway. So Mick Foley as the uh, general manager... Makes more sense. Mick Foley also probably on to promote his show that's upcoming, the Holy Foley Show on the WWE Network. Something funny on Raw tonight, Lady uh, Lady Balls made their, made their on-TV debut. Back in May, I wrote on Pro Wrestling Sheet that WWE had trademarked the term Lady Balls. This happened around the same time that Stephanie McMahon announced that she was writing an autobiography for Regan Books. That would come out, I believe, later this year or sometime next year. She's writing an autobiography and Lady Balls seems like it's an appropriate title possibly for that book. And Stephanie McMahon brought up the turn Lady Balls tonight. It looks like that's probably going to be the book title for Stephanie McMahon's autobiography, Lady Balls. She said that on Raw tonight. And in the main event of the show, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for the world title, they teased a possible co-winner. They teased a chance that possibly both men had won and that would be a way to split up the world titles. But at the end of the day on the WWE Network, it was revealed that the match indeed was a draw. We had a double pin situation. Dean Ambrose is still the world champion and the main event at Battleground remains the same. It's a triple threat for the world title. Dean Ambrose goes in as champion and there was some fun stuff on WWE Raw. Really some fun stuff. Not necessarily enough to fill out an entire episode of our show. Uh, But there was some fun stuff. It was one of the more uh, interesting episodes of WWE Raw. Good promo work. Pretty good main event. Not the best main event, honestly. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins didn't seem to click. They had the crowd behind them a little bit, but I think the main event at Battleground with Roman Reigns involved is actually going to be better. And I'm looking forward to that show. We're going to preview Battleground on Wednesday's episode of Shake Them Ropes. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, whichever podcast platform you use. Search Shake Them Ropes. The link for our iTunes feed is bit.ly slash itunes. That's bit.ly slash itunes. Or just go in and search for Shake Them Ropes. We would love if you sent us a rating and review. Go give us five stars. Go write a review about our show. Uh, if you if you hate the show, you can certainly write about that too. It, we you wouldn't be the first one. We've had a couple of those on the iTunes review page. You can also hit us up at Shake Them Ropes. The Twitter feed is at Shake Them Ropes for questions. Our Twitter question of the week segment, our Twitter question of the week segment, returns on this episode with our mailbag segment. We actually uh, that'll be expanded to a full mailbag today on the show. Again, this episode is a bonus show. Thanking you for our little small donation drive that we started last week on shake them ropes episode 160 so we are doing the extra bonus show this week very happy to do so and very thankful that we had the support we did last week from all of you who are listening and we hope you continue to support the show whether it's writing a review for us whether it's sharing the show retweeting it on twitter whether it's uh, posting on your facebook feeds whatever you do to help support our show we thank you very much for doing so draft talk brock lesnar Top 100 match and our mailbag. A lot of stuff to get to. Jeff Hawkins, take it away. Sir, are you trying to offer me a bribe? How much? Groucho Marx. 
Yes, kids, you have paid, and we have listened, and we are here for three shows this week. First, today, Shake Them Ropes Theater presents, it's the 2016 WWE Draft. Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay break down every pick. Cassidy Hubbard in the green room interviewing your favorite WWE stars. Hugh Little breaking down the fantasy implications and how it will affect your team. Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. What? Huh? I know we're all excited about the draft on Tuesday, but try to bring it down just a little. Oh, are you not? I am. <laughs> I'm loving the idea of this draft. I am. Well, uh, I am hold ex- on, hold on, hold on. Will Cassidy Hubbard at least be here? She will not, unfortunately. Oh, but I can do you one better. On, oh, Wednesday, really? on Wednesday this week, on Shake Them Ropes, this very show, our regularly mm-hmm. scheduled show, we're going to have LaToya Ferguson on as a guest. The AV Club Raw reviewer and writer of other great things as well, LaToya Ferguson, is going to join us. So I think uh, we actually win out on that deal. Yes, tolerator of Jeff in the PWG line, LaToya Ferguson here. <laughs> that, and if any of you have listened to the show for a long, long time, you know how <laughs> intolerable oh, that might be. Oh, you son of a... Okay. I'm sorry I interrupted you, of course. Uh, You can leave us a rating and review on our iTunes feed, bit.ly slash STR iTunes. The link is at voicesofwrestling.com slash STR. You know, I I sometimes ignore one of the reviews that we got that said they wish I stopped interrupting Jeff Hawkins, but Mm. uh, sometimes I cannot just uh, deal. Sometimes I I, I have to put an end to it, and I had to uh, this. But, yes, we are going to talk about the WWE draft that is happening. Uh, We are doing this show on Monday night. This is the bonus show for the week. Last uh, week on Shake Them Ropes episode 160, I put it to the people. If we hit a very small, modest, uh, very modest donation goal, I would not only give Jeff all of it, but we would do a third show this week, a bonus show, because we are going to do our regularly scheduled show on Wednesday and we are going to do our post-Battleground live stream on Sunday. Now, at the time I made this promise, I actually forgot about Battleground being on Sunday, so I thought we would only have two shows this week, but no, we are going to have three. This is a bonus show. We will talk about the uh, the draft upcoming. We will talk a little bit about our match number 25 on the top 100 countdown. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels for the title in a ladder match at No Mercy 2008. We're going to talk a little bit about Brock Lesnar failing a uh, a Basically, a uh, not a wellness policy, but a PED test, failing a uh, anti-doping test uh, for the USADA. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of that stuff. Plus, we opened up the mailbag. I told you that if we hit our modest donation goal, not only would we get an extra show this week, but most of the show would be curated by the listeners. So we opened up the mailbag. We got a ton of questions via the Voices of Wrestling forums, via Twitter at Shake Them Ropes email so we have a whole bunch of stuff to get through jeff are you excited for the week that will be a lot of programs i actually am i just think some people have really especially certain paid wrestling pundits i listened to this morning both of them (laughs) the major ones have worked themselves into this draft being much more than it's going to be in terms of the NXT picks in terms of the rules, but we will get to that. Yeah, we're going to get to the NXT picks. I think that's one of the more interesting uh, factors going into Tuesday is WWE on Sunday night released the rules and the talent eligibility list. And one of the rules was uh, concerning NXT talents being drafted, Uh, but we will get to that. I first wanted to talk about Brock Lesnar's test failure. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar is scheduled to main event or at least be one of the main events 
at SummerSlam this year in uh, in late August. He's wrestling Randy Orton, so we were super wrong on that one, Jeff, as uh, those who listened to the show intro last week know. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It is Mr. Po- Hold on. Mr. Yep. Post-Production over here deciding to bury me in the intro. That's, that's always well, I buried nice. both of us. Okay. I buried both of us. I was the one who said it wasn't going to be Randy Orton. I, I went with Rusev, of all people. Uh, mm. uh, you just said that Randy Orton probably wasn't getting announced on SmackDown. So okay. we, we had both sides of it uh, being way wrong. Uh, so we'll have to do better in that regard. But Brock Lesnar failed a, uh, a drug test uh, given by uh, the USADA. This was revealed after his fight in Nevada against Mark Hunt, which he won, by the way. Uh, so in theory, he was probably done with UFC anyway. But this drug test, especially if it brings about a two-year suspension, which we don't know the, uh, the suspension yet, this is going to cause a hearing in the Nevada State Athletic Commission to figure out how Brock Lesnar will be punished and what they're going to do with that match with uh, Mark Hunt. Uh, What's interesting, though, is a lot of questions that stem from this, whether Brock Lesnar, if he was suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, would the New York State Athletic Commission, which does govern wrestling in small doses, would they stop Brock Lesnar from wrestling at SummerSlam? And would Brock Lesnar be uh, held off of wrestling in certain states that had these athletic commissions? And at least that answer was given to us today uh, from the New York State Athletic Commission themselves. They reiterated that they do not license individual wrestlers, only promotions. Brandon Howard of our very website, Voices of Wrestling, uh, reached out to them and got the answer. Brock Lesnar is not going to be uh, suspended or he's not going to be kept out of wrestling in New York if suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission for his MMA work. So Brock Lesnar is likely still going to work SummerSlam, but Jeff should WWE suspend Brock Lesnar for this uh, test failure that was given outside of WWE. And uh, should he wrestle at SummerSlam? I don't think they should suspend him yet until he has had a chance to answer the charges much like anything else. Um, I think there will be some States that do uphold this commission. Mm -hmm. It it should, should, should it continue? Um, the, the question I had was, which is bigger, the Roman Reigns or the Brock Lesnar one. And for me, it's easy, easily the Roman Reigns suspension is far bigger and has far more implications for the very reason. For WWE though, right? I mean, yeah, main, for, well, yeah. I think for, I think for either, I think for either because Brock's Brock's kind of a, a special attraction in UFC. He's not, he's not going to be counted upon to fight for like a title. I don't think right, I never no. thought he was. But for me, the the deciding factor on this was that WWE never had to publicize the Roman Reigns suspension. For USADA, they have to because everything's kind of transparent now with their new policy and whatnot. WWE never had to do it and never had to do it to a star of this magnitude. Now, do I think they should suspend him? I think they will suspend him. I think they'll suspend him for the 30 days and then he'll be back in time for SummerSlam. I think that's a very yeah, easy that, well, thing to do. Well, that's the big deal. They would have to suspend him uh, within the next couple of days for him to be able to make WWE SummerSlam. And it's very possible that they'll let him uh, do everything he has to do. They'll let the hearing go through. They'll wait and to see what ne- Nevada does or or if there's some way that he gets out of this uh, in it any would form. Be, it would be very easy to just um, have have the suspension go back to the time it was found because he wasn't appearing on well, TV anyway. They could also suspend him after the Orton match. That's here, true. Here you go. You're suspended, but we weren't going to use you till us, uh, you know, Survivor Series anyway. Uh, right. There's a number of different things. I, should he be suspended? Yeah, probably. Uh, a lot of people 
also, if if what he fails for on the USADA testing is against the WWE policy, if there's something somehow that he fails for that's not against the WWE wellness policy, then no, they shouldn't suspend him. Um, yeah, if it's if it's bronchial though, as it's being rumored, the asthma stuff or inhaler, it's probably going to be on there because of the ephedrine type yeah, of. So, but we don't know what it is, and we'll right, wait. We'll wait right. and see. Uh, what's interesting too, so we got the answer. I mean, they're not going to New York. The state is not going to keep him out. And there might be some states that would. The thing is, Brock Lesnar was probably not going to wrestle in most of those states anyway. So I don't know. It's not Actually, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the. I don't know which states. He's not going to wrestle in Kentucky anytime no. soon. You no. know what I mean? So no. uh, they can and they can spread him out to where if if something if some type of violation was going to happen where they wouldn't be able to wrestle somehow, uh, they'll be able to manage that to where you know he wasn't going to be suspended in Florida, for example. So I do. I do think just for public relations purposes, they, they do need to suspend him if, it, yep. if it does violate the policy, even though in the policy itself, it says that the wellness policy is only for full timers and he is not a full timer. So that would be, that would be a legal problem. I think having that kind of loophole to do that. Don't you think the, well, the other thing is though, he was under WWE contract. It's it's not yeah. like he's under he's not under contract certain parts of the month. The whole issue with him working UFC was that WWE had to allow it, so he was obviously under ca- contract in some way. But his contract isn't the, of the full time variety; it's yeah, of it, the special attraction variety. It's very interesting though. But if you're under contract, you're under contract, right? No, because the only because Triple H is under contract, but he is not subject to wellness policy. Yeah, and Vince McMahon, you know, Brandon Howard again uh, was bringing back testimony that Vince McMahon had about how he, uh, he doesn't take the wellness test because he, he himself only wrestles once or twice mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I, I just think there's going to be a lot of heads turning WWE's way with, with her eyebrows raised. If Brock Lesnar gets no suspension, especially after yeah. they just had the Roman reigns on your point about which one is bigger within WWE. I tend to agree that the Roman reigns one is bigger too, because he's I a think- full-time star. He's been basically a very big top star for the last year and a half. And it was such a surprise. I don't think Brock Lesnar failing this test was as big of a surprise as what Roman Reigns' failure was. Mm-hmm. And within WWE, I think it is bigger. Now, mainstream, obviously, Brock Lesnar is bigger. And you know, Dave Meltzer is out there, the WrestlingObserver.com. He's he's out there talking about how Brock Lesnar's is infinitely bigger because he's talking about mainstream and how important no. it is to UFC. And I'm like, you can't include all that. We're talking about I, WWE here, which one's more important? Roman I Reigns. I disagree on the very notion of of his his value to the UFC in terms vis-a-vis John Jones. Well, his and also his value to UFC is high as far as the money he brings in after the fight, not before the fight. Right, but his value within within UFC is big. But it's not like he was going to come back and fight for a title. I don't believe. Now there were rumors out mm-hmm. there that they might try to make that happen, but I, I just didn't see it. I I see this as a guy who was coming in. Uh, for one fight to kind of get it out of his system as an almost 40-year-old man, and he was going to go away back to wrestling. The other issue is the fact that, look at his purse. I mean, when that when that purse information, the money given to the fighters, each fighter, when that information was revealed and, and Brock Lesnar was at $2.5 million, and the next highest uh, person was at, what, 700000 for for Anderson Silva, somewhere in that range, no one else was touching a million dollars. Brock was getting two point five. Do you think it's possible that they knew something was going to go down and there was likely a, a failure coming your way? So Brock Lesnar really wanted like a million, a million and a quarter. So they gave him 2.5 so that when he's, when he's, uh, when he's fined half of his purse, he still gets all his money. 
How about I that? Be that? I, w- I wouldn't be that cynical. I, I do think he may have renegotiated when he was made the top when they were for that day and a half when he was the headliner and then maybe brought down and that was to appease him. But I, yeah. I fully support Mark Hunt trying to take half of it too. Absolutely. <laughs> Mark Hunt going in there and, you know, kind of in Brock Lesnar's last fight, he got beat by Anderson uh, or Av- Alistair Overeem, who was, mm-hmm. uh, who was suspended later for failing a test. And now it comes full circle and Brock Lesnar's last fight. He's the one suspended. You can hit Jeff up on Twitter at crap game 13. I am at shake them ropes. Visit youtube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel and catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Everywhere podcasts are available. Just search Shake Them Ropes. Uh, One last note on the Brock Lesnar uh, situation. Any valid comparison to the Billy Gunn situation of late last year that uh, that some are making? Mild, but not as heavy, especially because it, it was so weird that they fired Billy Gunn as a staff member when he's not covered by wellness either. He's not, he's not a listed talent. He was a, right. But I think in almost any job where there is random drug testing or some type of drug policy within the business, uh, if you were found to be violating some type of work related drug policy, you would most likely be fired as a full-time person. And Billy Gunn was a full-time employee with WWE, which is very different as you've noted than Brock Lesnar being a part-time independent contractor. Of WWE. Yeah, but when the when the owner and COO are at best suspicious, well, but the issue is use, no one is testing them. They haven't failed to test for something. No one would have tested Billy Gunn either. Why, no one tested test Billy Gunn. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Nobody tested him at WWE. They tested him they, outside of right it. because yeah. he was doing other stuff and he was tested and it was an embarrassment. You had to uh, you had to let the guy go because he failed that policy. That's why it's different than Brock Lesnar's situation, though. Is Brock Lesnar's not a full time employee? Yeah, many of you out there, if you if you had failed a test at your job or, or you failed a, a job given drug test, you're getting let go. If they know you're on something, you're getting let go most likely. So that's, yeah, and, and, that's the and the, and the ratio of embarrassment to how much money Brock will make the company is, is far less than the embarrassment to money right. ratio of Billy Gunn. That was a cost benefit analysis move. Yeah. Uh, as I noted earlier, Latoya Ferguson of the AV club will be our guest on Wednesday's show. So we have another show upcoming, which we'll talk about, uh, the WWE draft results. We'll, uh, basically go over wh- who landed where and did any of the stuff we talk about today actually happen. Or are we embarrassingly embarrassingly wrong? Again, we're also going to be back Sunday live after WWE Battlegrounds. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Hit that subscribe button. We will be live after WWE Battleground going over the the final non-Big Four co-branded pay-per-view really is what it's going to turn out to be. And uh, let's see. Oh, we also have future guests lined up for future shows. So we'll, over the next couple of weeks, divulge the information on who will be joining us on shake them ropes later on. But Jeff Sunday Mm. WWE on WWE.com released the rules for the uh, upcoming draft on Tuesday night. They also released the eligible talent list. Now, before we get into any of the specifics, what was your first impression when you saw the rules and the eligible talent list? What was going through your mind right off the bat? The tag team rule was very interesting. Yeah, I thought, uh, that was the first thing that came to mind. Uh, a couple of the talents that were listed on there basically helped me to eliminate GM candidates. Like, I thought Eva Marie might be a GM. I thought there was a chance of Yeah, that. hey, hey. 
I, um, uh, you, you never know. You never know. Is and, Eva Marie? And, uh, Eva Marie is on the uh, women's talent list, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she, yeah, is. she is. And also, uh, something right. we talked about earlier today: the Lucha Dragons being listed as singles competitors. Well, that's that's one of the things I wanted to get into. Let's. Uh, I'm going to read the rules really quick. The rules okay. for the WWE draft: Raw has the first overall pick, and Raw is also going to have three picks. For every two SmackDown picks, oh. because they are the larger show, so they're gonna. Have- there you go. That's that's absolute BS. Well, <laughs> that is that that hurts SmackDown in some ways in terms of making it seem like it's on equal footing. I get the logic of it, but the optics of it are bad. That that's true. Maybe just pick a few more groups. Have the uh, New Day or something go to Raw and not on SmackDown, so you have more bodies without having to tell that you know, hey, we we pick more on Raw than SmackDown. Which you're right. It it's subconsciously, even though we can rationalize that yes raw is a three-hour show they should have more picks than smackdown it's still in the back of your mind makes it seem like raw is a little bit more important like especially they are getting more especially in the context of vince calling it the flagship last well, week. I, I hated that too last week when he called it the mm-hmm. flagship show uh yeah that's uh that's not something because yeah the flagship is the uh standard bearer it's the main show uh tag teams count as one pick but there's a caveat Unless a commissioner general manager specifically only wants one member of the team more on that in just a second. Also six draft picks will be made off of the NXT roster there. So they're specifically telling you that NXT is involved and there will be six picks from the NXT roster. But before we get to that, that commissioner GM can specifically only pick one member of a tag team. They don't have to pick both members of a tag team. What the hell? How, how does that make any sense? And in what situation can you actually foresee a GM only taking one member of a team, especially if you're raw, if you're Stephanie McMahon or whoever her general manager turns out to be, uh, because we are recording this section before raw. So we don't know who the, who the GMs are yet. Um, how would you go about a tag team and only pick one person when you can fill up your roster by picking two, even if you only wanted one, you would still want to take both of them, wouldn't you? Logically, it makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't. You, you could do that. Within this, there's only one of two scenarios. Either you want to split up a team in order to have them feud with one another, possibly. But they wouldn't or be able want, to because they'll be on separate shows. They may come back later in the supplemental and draft the second partner and then use that as kind of well, acrimony. Well, now how dumb did you just seem as a general manager I when know you spent this. two picks when you could have used one and actually got you more know, talent? Look, don't try and ascribe logic to this whole thing. The other only reason I could see is if you see one as a breakout star and and we know which team that is. So, Oh, I absolutely have to think they're talking about Enzo and Cass here because the, yes. fact, the fact that they made this rule tells you that they're planning to split up at least one team or group. Yes. And, and they've been, and, and the fact that they were teasing one, the Lucha dragons who they then split up in the draft and Brizongo tells me that Brizongo is a red herring. Yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they want Tyler breeze. Maybe, uh, maybe a GM says, Hey, Fandango's old news. I want Tyler breeze and I want Tyler breeze alone. But yeah, that's interesting because, uh, Brizongo is listed as a tag team. They, they released this eligibility list and there are male superstars. There are female superstars, and then there are tag teams and units, and the tag teams can be drafted with one pick. So if I wanted uh, Gallows and Anderson, I can draft Gallows and Anderson in one pick, and they wouldn't have to split up. But the fact that you can pick only one member of a team screams to me that they want to do that with somebody, 
And I think out of the eligible tag teams, Enzo and Cass makes the most sense. But I just don't get the Enzo- logic. And I'll really be interested to see how they they pitch that one off. Like if it actually happens where they only pick one person instead of the entire tag team, it, it there's just not a way I can foresee that actually making any sense. Go ahead. There there are three ways to do it. You do it for the Enzo Cass way. You do it in the feuding partners way, or you do it in the comedy way and you break up golden truth and our truth ends up on the wrong show anyways. And he says, I thought I was supposed to be here. Ha ha ha. You know, those, those are the only three scenarios I could see. Yeah. Well, that, introducing that one rule just to have a lame comedy uh, pay off with golden truth. Uh, I can actually see that happening. That might be the yeah. one thing that might be the one way I can actually see it all making sense and all coming, uh, all coming full circle. Uh, but yeah, the the talent list is up uh, and the draft rules are up at WWE.com. Also, uh, some of the unanswered questions uh, from the draft list. I wrote a story at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Just a couple of quick hits on what this uh, looks like. Uh, but before we get into this, because I know we want to talk about the NXT 6. And by all means, we're going to have some reckless speculation on that one. For the, for the love of God, you're teasing this every time I'm ready to get into it. Go ahead, Rob. But we got Go you. I I'm teasing that one because you actually brought it up. So now I want to get into it before I forget the Lucha Dragons. Mm-hmm. I want to get into some of the teams that are listed as well as some of the individual talents that are listed. Uh, the Lucha Dragons are not listed as a tag team, even though they teamed up as recently as last week's Raw. We have Callisto as one person. We have Sin Cara as one person. So they cannot be drafted as a tag team unit as far as, you know, what the WWE list says right now. Now, could that change on Tuesday night? Could they realize, hey, we uh, we goofed on that one? Sure, maybe. But right now, if you want to pick Sin Cara, you have to pick Sin Cara. You cannot pick Callisto and Sin Cara. Uh, so it looks like WWE has already split up the Lucha Dragons. Is unless they somehow get drafted it- together. Is it possible this was a mistake and they tipped their hand too early? Could be. Could be possible. You know, or they maybe in WWE's eyes, they they team Lucha Dragons together when it's appropriate or when they need something. But generally, they see Callisto as a singles Mm -hmm. individual. You know, that that could be the case, too. Uh, The Wyatt family is another interesting one. The Wyatt family are all listed individually. The New Day is listed as a unit, as a tag team. Now, granted, they are the tag team champions. But right now, every member of the Wyatt family, except for Luke Harper, because he's not listed at all because he's injured and out of action. Eric Rowan, Braun Strowman, and Bray Wyatt are all listed individually, which tells us that they will be drafted individually and could be split up as well. Probably to keep Braun and Bray together and get rid of Eric. That would be the only reason I would say that. It would be like the second time they've gotten rid Mm -hmm. of Eric Rowan. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, The New Day together, interesting. No Nikki Bella, she's still out and hurt. No Rosa Mendez. Uh, Rosa Mendez, nowhere to be seen. God forbid if your plane goes through and Rosa Mendez is the Raw general manager, Jeffrey. But uh, yeah, so that's some of the... No Undertaker either. Undertaker is out, inactive. He is not on the eligible talent list. And the final one, the club. Is the club doomed? Because AJ Styles is listed as an individual, while Gallows and Anderson are listed as the tag team. They could also be drafted to different shows. They could, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and just because some of these guys are listed separately doesn't mean that they're going to be drafted separately. Uh, You're right. Uh, Shane McMahon, for all we know, or Stephanie, or whoever the GMs end up being, they could draft Bray Wyatt with one pick, then Eric Rowan, then Braun Strowman, because I don't see the other uh, GMs really being in a hurry to draft Rowan and Strowman. So All All the three picks could be the Shield, the Wyatts, and the Club. What? Yeah. 
I don't know what that because, means. There's no because shield, Ra- but whatever. Because, well, no, no, no. I mean the three members of the shield, since Raw gets three picks. Well, they're getting three picks for every two. They're not picking yeah. three at a time. But they're picking, oh, well, okay. I don't right. think so, anyway. Well, they get the first pick, so I assume they would get three right off the bat. No, I don't think so. that's how it's going to be. That's how you read that? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I think Raw gets a pick, SmackDown gets a pick, Raw gets a pick, SmackDown gets a pick, and Raw gets a pick. Okay. And then they start over again. And Raw goes Fair. first. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I, I don't think they're going to get three picks at a time because, God damn it, I would, uh, I would pick Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose, and John Cena. Take that, SmackDown. Yeah. Go, mm. go pick your two guys. Go pick Seth Rollins and Roman, and then I'll clean up with uh, all the club. And who are you got? You got Zack Ryder, and you got Mojo Rowley, and you have uh, Dana <laughs> Brooke. And who the hell would be left if Rod three picks all in a row? But let's no, get to the true. NXT 6. Okay. One of the rules. Yeah. NXT is going to have six picks. Now, that does not mean six talents. It means six picks. Jeffrey, when you saw that, is it finally time? They can't possibly keep Finn Balor away from us again, can they? No, it's time. This is where Finn comes up. Now, who they keep from us are Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. I agree for the most part. Because listening to both Wade Keller and... Dave Meltzer today, both of them going on about, you know, well, if you're drafting for the best show, you have to bring them up because storyline wise, no, you don't. That's not WWE thinking. WWE thinking is they're going to bring up three stars at best, a man, a woman, and a tag team, probably more than likely. And you don't want to take the shine off of the one guy you're bringing up. If you bring up Joe and Nakamura with Finn Balor, you take away the shine from Finn post losing the title on NXT. That would be a terrible move to make. So I think at best you're going to get three on-camera NXT talents and then three in the supplemental draft. Well, and keep in mind also, keep in mind also, that they can draft Samoa Joe and he can still work TakeOver and work the NXT, you know, because NXT tapings are done until TakeOver. So he could lose the belt to Shinsuke Nakamura for all we know. Kevin Owens did that. Kevin Owens came up to the main roster and was the NXT champion still for two more months. You still have to keep NXT strong, though. That, that's the thing. You can't just rip out everybody from there. So I have my doubts as to all the top guys being brought up at once. I think they're going to hold off on a few. So as part of our reckless, uh, reckless speculation, who would be your six NXT draft picks? Who are you using your draft picks on from the NXT roster? Who would I do or who do I think they're going to do? Because there are two different things, and I'm going to go with who I think they're going That's to true. do. That's true. Yes, I want you to predict who uh, who will be drafted. Not who you would draft, but who will be drafted. I think my definites, my locks, Ben Balor, American Alpha, Nia Jax. Okay. Those I are have, my three. I have those, those three on my list as well. Those are my three definites. Now, out of the other three, I have any of the following. I have Alexa Bliss. Give me, give me three. I don't want to have a list of 15 people. Give me three. It's not, it's not 15. It's a list of five. Give me three. Okay. No, I'm giving you all of them. So you're hedging, you're hedging a little bit. I'm I'm going to give you 15 names actually now. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll cut off my mic and you can go. Okay. Um, Oh, I finally, I finally pay you some of that sweet money (laughs) and you're like, now I quit. No, oh, no, it's not quitting. It's just letting you ramble. I pay, uh, I no, pay you $12.50 a year for this show, Jeff. Okay, here, here's, where I, here's where I can make cases. But those three right, are locks. Go, go ahead. Those three are locks. Yep, I have them too. Yep. Alexa Bliss. Okay. Bailey. All right. 
Carmella. Okay. Ty Dillinger. Yep. Or the authors of Pain. Those are my. Those are the out, out of the out of the next three picks. Those are the three that are uh, the three will come out of that. Okay. Authors of Pain is an interesting one. I saw you pose that on Twitter earlier today. Authors of Pain, I don't know about. They just showed up on the main roster or the uh, main NXT TV. Haven't had too many matches yet. I understand the size uh, situation. I understand the Braun Strowman comparison about how he came up with no experience they're, on NXT they're, TV, they're, but I don't they're know. Big, they're big. They haven't had they a have lot a man- of exposure. They have a manager. They have a WWE they have Hall of Famer. Manager. Yeah. And they have an instant feud with American Alpha from NXT that they can just do right there. Just start doing. Just bring up two NXT talents cold to feud with each other. It's kind of like Enzo and Cass against the Vaude Villains all over again. Well, eventually. But, I mean, you could start these two guys off destroying your geek teams. So, I mean, I I could see that as a problem. They're not. They're not. Look, they're and plus, since you're doing squash matches, I think, is what they're going to be going back to. Oh, sure. Those are the two guys to bring up for squash matches to season them. So that's the only reason I put them on, and they're a wild card in that, but yeah. the others I can make much better cases for, especially Alexa, Carmella, and Bailey. But, you know. My six, we already talked about American Alpha, Finn Balor, and Nia Jax. I have those three draft picks, which would be four talents. I have those three draft picks. Mm-hmm. Mojo Rawley. I think, yeah. I think someone's going to pick Zack Ryder and Mojo as a tag team. For the tag team division, I think they're going to have them as a tag team and pick both of them at the same time. I saw that and I liked it and I didn't want to take it at all, but it's a very, very solid pick. I believe Bailey will also come up on the live show on Tuesday. Okay. I Yeah, I do too. And I think Nia Jax will probably end up attacking her. To be I honest. don't think Nia Jax will have anything to do with Bailey. I think, you know, really? someone will pick Bailey and then someone else will pick Nia Jax just because, oh, if you're going to take a woman from NXT, I'm going to take a woman from NXT. Okay, yeah. that's smart. Bailey yeah. and Nia Jax aren't going to have anything to do with each other because I think Bailey is going to come in as Sasha Banks' mystery partner during some type of uh, pull apart or some type of angle on SmackDown, and then yeah. you'll have a GM come out and say, "With my next pick, I pick Bailey." No, I I picked her as a mystery partner, and that's pretty good. But and I also think Nia is going to Raw, and I think Bailey's probably going right. to SmackDown. Yeah, I think they're going to separate shows, and they'll be uh, kept away from each other. Now, as the sixth pick, I'm torn between Ty Dillinger and Samoa Joe. Because I don't see how you can write this show and take NXT stars and not take the champion of NXT in storyline, not in reality, not any of this, you know, jargon about, oh, well, if you want the best talents from the main roster or from NXT to be called up to the main roster, you have to take some Ojo. He's great. You have to take Shinsuke Nakamura. He's great. Blah, blah, blah. No, I just don't. You can't not take the NXT champion the same way that you can't not take the WWE champion with the first pick in the draft. Like, you have to take the first pick as your champions. You want the belt on your show. So I don't see how you can pass up Samoa Joe. Now, if for some reason they do find a way to pass up Samoa Joe, I can see Ty Dillinger coming up, giving him a perfect 10 shot uh, mm-hmm. on the main roster and, and using the perfect 10. Like, I want my show to be a perfect 10, so I'm going to choose the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger and whatnot. Oh, I don't, I don't even think Ty Dillinger, if he's brought up, will be on a tele- televised part of the draft. I think he's going to be on the website. They're going to bring him in, introduce him. See if he can get over cold, which is going to be impossible with with anybody except the smarky guys who watch NXT every week and hope that an Enzo cast situation happens and that everybody starts chanting 10 because right. he's and he's big. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, it's Burlow on the Voices of Wrestling forums. Username it's Burlow asks, would it look bad if someone like Mojo Rawley is drafted, but not Shinsuke Nakamura? No, 
because they don't consider NXT canon. So I, I, you know, to them it wouldn't look bad. To us it would look bad. To those in the know it would look bad. To them, no, because it, it's there's the disconnect still. There's it, we're the bubble. That's right. not what they're looking at to me. And then as far as the draft on the uh, on the note about, I asked this on Twitter actually too. Um, I asked about how would uh, how would you not pick the WWE champion first in the draft? Now in Raw we got. Well, we, <laughs> I can see it if you're, if your GM is against someone. Now, the interesting thought is though, everyone came at me with, well, Stephanie McMahon doesn't like Dean Ambrose. She could just not pick Dean Ambrose. But that's the point, isn't it? But she's that's also going to, she's also going to have a GM though. It doesn't have to yeah. be Stephanie picking Dean Ambrose. No, that's true. And, and the GM can go against Stephanie and pick right. Dean Ambrose because we want the belt on the flagship show, even though you two don't get along. And that becomes McMahon Austin 2016. So right. yeah. Mm-hmm. We have match number 25, Jericho and HBK still to get to. But before that, it is the mailbag here on the bonus episode this week of Shake Them Ropes. We got questions from the vo- the forums at VoicesOfWrestling.com. You can send in emails, Rob, at VoicesOfWrestling.com and our Twitter feed at Shake Them Ropes. We got quite a few questions here, Jeff, so we're going to run right through these. From the forums, Ayasham from Kashmir. I don't think I said the name appropriately, but who knows? The username Ayasham asks how did you like day one of the new japan g1 what was the match of the night jeff have you been able i know it was this morning you had to work and whatnot i i assume you haven't seen day one of the g1 yet have you i have not i have i watched evolve over the weekend but i have not watched the g1 i watched evolve 64 and Mm -hmm. even without that great angle at the end with chuck taylor and drew galloway that show was amazing but you add in the fact that drew galloway cut I mean, this guy continues to show like what fools WWE were because he is huge. Mm-hmm. Chuck Taylor is a big guy on the independent scene, like body size wise. Like mm-hmm. he, he stands next to people and he looks huge. And then Drew Galloway made him look like a child. Drew Galloway has the size. He has the confidence. He has the promo ability. This is a guy where the first chance WWE gets to take him back. They better jump on it. Toro Yano had a five-star match. I'm fairly certain of this, but no, I'll, I will watch the G1 later. Yeah, so. what you want to look for is the main event between Okada and Naomichi Marafuji, who at one point oh, yeah. was my favorite wrestler ever. That's a true story. Oh, really? Naomichi okay. Marafuji, when he was coming over uh, to Ring of Honor a lot, I was a big fan of Naomichi Marafuji. Uh, that Okada Marafuji match, I mean, having the pro wrestling Noah guy come in. I just in can't and- answer the question. No, you're fine. I'm answering it. Marafuji coming in. Okay. Marafuji coming in and working a main event on day one of the G1 and beating Okada got quite the crowd response and it was great. And that's what you want to look out for. Uh, the day, day one of the G1 absolutely uh, recommend head cheese on the forum says, what will the status of main event and WWE superstars be after the draft? Jeff, I have to imagine that main event taped on Tuesdays will just be SmackDown branded and superstars taped on Mondays will be raw branded. I don't see how, uh, with the split house shows and the, and possibility of house shows on Monday nights, they can do it any other way. It's just got to be split branded, right? Yeah, with probably using each as a recap show of some kind. Which is kind of already done. I mean, both mm-hmm. shows really are main event uh, or WWE main storyline recap shows in a lot of ways with a couple of matches here and there. Main event more so heavy on the wrestling. Superstars more the recap variety. But yeah, they'll they'll feature brand, uh, branded superstars. So superstars uh, will be Raw. Main event will be SmackDown. Head Cheese also asks, does Jeff have any hot takes on the Land Before Time movie series? 
<laughs> it's a bane on my existence because I worked at Universal Studios Hollywood for a couple years. So all you would hear is like soundtrack and there was a lot of cross branding and whatnot. I just, you know, it's good for kids, but no real hot takes. No, no hot takes on that one. Edu asks, how will Brock's PED failure affect his WWE crowd reactions? Could Brock get more negative reactions coming back for the, uh, for the push to the Orton match? Do you think he'll be more negatively received by the crowds? No. I think Roman's going to take the brunt of any negative reaction. I think Brock, people are still going to be happy to see him because he's a special attraction. Yeah, I would tend to agree that Brock's kind of that, that special character while he's, he's not always getting like he, the big John Cena pops. He's still revered and they, and they know he's legit even if he fails one mm-hmm. drug test here. So I, I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to be getting like Roman Reigns is going to get negatively received more and more after this suspension. Brock Lesnar, I don't think is going to fall prey to that. Right. Brock has earned tenure. Supersonic on the forums asks, how sad will Rob be if Orton versus Brock is canceled? And I don't think I'll have to be sad, as we talked about earlier. I think that match is still going to happen. Why would you be sad? Because I'm a big Orton fan, and Orton Brock is a dream match for me. Oh, you're a big Orton fan? Okay. I'm a big Orton fan. This is a dream match. Don't even try to pretend like it's not. Dan Waka. I'm not a big big Orton fan. Sorry. Dan Waka asks, if you had to pick a year in WWE history to hold a G1-style WWE tournament, which year would you choose, and why would it be the year 2001? Jeff, any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, what space? 2001 is the, cor- two th- the correct answer. I think it is, too. <laughs> you know. I actually think it's, I mean, you got what? Triple H, you got Austin, Rock, you have ECW and WCW guys, you have Ric Flair, you have Mick Foley. Hell, you can put Vince in there. You have the radicals. Yeah, you have a lot of names. I think that uh, 2001, just off the top of my head, is probably the answer. You're right. Mm -hmm. I am Met Ian on uh, Twitter says, how long before Rob, excuse me, not Rob. I just like reading my name, apparently. Let me start over. How long before Raw features both rosters again for super shows? When do we start seeing the Raw Super Shows come back, Jeffrey? Oh, man. I think it's going to be in six months during Royal Rumble time. If not before. That's a good call. I think around WrestleMania season, you're not, I don't think Vince is going to keep SmackDown guys, especially the main events of SmackDown, going into WrestleMania off of Raw. I think they're going to want to uh, have everyone on Raw and then kind of keep SmackDown separate again. I think we're going to see Raw Super Shows as soon as six months, which, yes, Make some of all of this a little bit moot. You know what? I will go. I will one up you. I think possibly survivor series as quickly as survivor series in like three months to, to build up. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. I guess I, I, th- I think, I think there will be at least one raw versus SmackDown team match on that, on that survivor series. Ah, that's a good. It may, be, it may be, maybe geeks, but there, but that will technically pass the, threshold that i am medellin is asking yeah you may be right you may be right uh john asks why does wwe employ so many wrestlers since not everyone gets airtime better to have them and not need them than need them and not have them that is true and you look at the main roster of everyone who's kind of healthy they're working 
It's not like they're sitting at home for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. You got Raw to fill up. You got SmackDown to fill up. Main event, superstars. You got guys who are injured every once in a while. Uh, you want somewhat fresh matches. You want to put new people Rob, on TV. They got a lot of Rob, stuff to fill. Live events. They got a lot of stuff to fill. Rob, the answer is that someone else, so someone else can't play with the toys. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I just think uh, they at least get use out of most everyone, at least, especially at a time where we had earlier this year when almost everyone was hurt. Every mm. main eventer was out at some point. Uh, from Twitter, at Curtain Jerk SOB mm. asks, you can't, or he says, you cannot avoid the biggest topic in wrestling today, the love story of Bram and Rosemary in TNA. My response is, watch us. Tom Bobo on Twitter asks, <laughs> Who steps up to fill the void left by or left in NXT by the drafted talents from the NXT brand? Who's going to step up? That big no way Jose Austin Aries feud. Yeah. Robert, yeah. Robert, Robert Rude is around to take on Shinsuke probably right. after Joe. Yeah. I, Should either of them get called up? Yeah. You have guys. You have people. I'm not worried. On the female side, say say Bailey and Nia Jax come up, and you have Oscar there, who's beaten Bailey, and Oscar doesn't have a lot of uh, contenders left. You all, you know, if Alexa Bliss doesn't come up, you have her, and then there's people who haven't been on TV yet. Uh, Ember Moon, the mm -hmm. former Athena Reese, Nikki Glencross, yes. the former Nikki Storm. There are people that are ready and primed for TV time that can fill the void on the female side. On the male side, I do not say this is a joke. It's just a guy who's probably ready to come up. Tino Sabatelli is there. You got Tino Sabatelli there. Shinsuke Nakamura uh, rises as the flag bearer of NXT. Kota Ibushi, Zack Sabre, any of these talents from the Cruiserweight Classic who get signed. Uh, Austin Aries, I think, is staying down there. That's kind of another question. We had someone ask, will Austin Aries ever be called up? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's going to be there in NXT for a long time. Andrade Cien Almas, Bobby Roode. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of names who can step up and fill the void left by a few talents leaving NXT. The, the men's side is fine, and you have you also have Australians who have been on TV that right. you can then bring up to the main event level, Billy Kay and... Uh, Peyton Royce, yeah. yeah. Peyton Royce, that's yep. the name that was escaping me. Absolutely. Adrian on Twitter asks, will the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, ever come to WWE? Uh, I I think at least one of those two will come at some point. Either the tag team of the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega at some point. Yeah, it's Kenny Omega right now is in the midst of his biggest push ever in New Japan. And you know, the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks make too much money doing what they're doing to take the pay cut. So they, why would they? Well, they would be taking a pay cut most likely, but you never know. Maybe they reach the heights in WWE and actually make more money. Right. I mean, that's that would be the goal if they went to WWE. What I find interesting with the Young Bucks is they had their first taste of injury this year. Mm -hmm. with the cracked rib for uh, for Nick Jackson, with Matt Jackson missing a couple of shows. Maybe that's going to change their perspective a little bit. You know, as we get older, maybe I don't want to be missing months at a time. Maybe the money isn't going to be there if I'm hurt, like it would be in WWE maybe, if I get hurt. Maybe the company paid insurance will pay my medical for all these old injuries, et cetera. No, I, if I was going to pick one that they want would take more it would be the young bucks over kenny omega to be honest yeah even if they only sign short term and then end up going back uh yeah. to the indie scene or new japan or wherever maybe just mm -hmm. to try it you never know but uh i think uh this year coming up this year coming up i think is going to be really telling this will be the year where something could happen you know the young bucks 
Their contract with New Japan ends on January 4th. The contract with the Ring of Honor ends on December 30th. So there's uh, there's some stuff they can do. We'll, I believe we'll the do, doesn't the Briscoes contract also end this year? Uh, I don't think so. No, because they signed in uh, in the summer okay. of last year. So okay, I, they I got some time. I don't think we're going to see the Briscoes anywhere either. In uh, mm-hmm. as far as WWE goes, but you never know. I want to thank everyone for sending us in questions to the email to the Voices of Wrestling forums and on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes, Jeff. It is time for match number 25 on our top 100 countdown. The greatest matches available on WWE Network to see before you die. Match today is number 25. It is Jericho. It is Shawn Michaels. World Championship. The WWE Championship. At Mm -hmm. No Mercy 2008. This was a ladder match. This was set up by Chris Jericho winning the scramble match the month prior. Yes. And becoming the WWE Champion. And then the uh, feud he was involved with with Shawn Michaels coming to a head in this title match here. He defends the championship in a ladder match. This was a a fun time in WWE, crazy time in WWE. We were a month removed from CM Punk cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase, or a couple of months removed from him cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase, lighting up an internet storm, CM Punk becoming champion. He gets screwed out at that the championship scramble. We find Chris Jericho gets in there and wins the championship. Mike Adamley is in charge. Ton of stuff going on here. This is also peak suited Jericho. This is when Chris Jericho was giving his slow, methodical promos. Lance, yeah, Cade. he's doing. The, yeah, Lance he's doing Cade the Nick. He's doing kick. the Nick. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing the Nick Bockwinkle. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is peak a lot of things, but yeah, it's an interesting time. Um in WWE that I 2007, I think to 2010, I don't remember really well. Like if you want to ask me what was the main event in a certain month of one of those years, I'm not going to know, but you tell me kind of what was going on. Then I'll be right back into it. Like, I yeah, can, it's one of those weird times where it's nothing memorable, but it's not bad. It, it's because this is the time of the three brands right. still. Cause you had Matt Hardy and Mark Henry for the ECW title. You had yep, yep. Jeff Hardy and triple H. Or whatever the SmackDown belt was, I believe. World title. Yeah. And then you had this. Uh, I like the match. This is my favorite version of Jericho in WWE. I, I, I've I said before and again, I Jericho's hit and miss with me in WWE. Because once he became sports entertainer, it's kind of a step down from how I remember him in terms of what made me a fan of his. But I like him here. Right. I, I gotta I gotta correct myself by the way. The WWE title was what Triple H and Jeff Hardy were wrestling for. The World Heavyweight right. Championship was the Raw title between uh, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. So I had that in reverse for all you those that, that were screaming at your phone right now. Yes, and that epic Undertaker Big Show match. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were involved in a long feud too. Yeah, I you know this is the kind of ladder match that the finish was great. The finish the was finish, great. It was heated. The finish I love. I love the fact that both guys are actually fighting for the belt, and it's not as contrived as you merely knock a guy off. I mean, the belt was coming off the hook, and they're both trying to grab it. I liked that as a finish. The only thing I really don't like about this match is, is and this has become kind of rote for ladder matches, is the placing the ladder on top of a guy and then diving on the ladder. Because logically, I just watch I go, that's stupid. <laughs> why would you why would you do that to yourself and you can watch them in pain i'm like you moron you had the upper hand why'd you go mm-hmm. do that right you know kind of like when kevin owens comes off the top and does a frog splash onto a ladder on top of somebody i'm just like 
I, I understand why you're doing that. But as a human being watching this as a simulated fight, I go, no, no, don't do that. But overall, I enjoy this. I think, you know, Shawn Michaels in this twilight of his career, very underrated in terms of the man. He has all the emotion, though, still. So I, I don't know if you can call him that underrated in this run, but I love him in it. Um, and uh, I don't have a lot of other thoughts on it, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was a it was a fine match. The finish is the uh, the best part of it. They're both doing a tug of war, basically, on top of the ladder. Uh, Lance Cade gets involved, but it's not mm-hmm. directly related to the finish because it's still after the Lance Cade involvement. You're still tied up, you know, even they're up there both on the ladder. They're fighting it. And yeah. uh, you just have Jericho go for the headbutt. Oh, and this that... is this is also the uh, the program where they went after Shawn Michaels eye. So like Shawn Michaels head and eye region was the big part of this uh, storyline for in a lot of ways. So, yeah, the headbutt uh, gets him down and Chris Jericho wins a uh, a somewhat clean match mm-hmm. against Shawn Michaels for the latter. This was this was the feud push. where he, this was the feud where he accidentally hits uh Mike Shawn Michaels wife. He right? hits uh he hits Shawn Michaels wife I believe at SummerSlam. Like they had a yeah. talking segment at SummerSlam. I remember because that SummerSlam was in Indianapolis and I went headlined okay. by Undertaker and Edge in the uh, cage. And oh, yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm going to get to see that match. I'm going to get to see uh, CM Punk in a championship match. I'm also going to get to see Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. This pay-per-view is going to be awesome. And then guess what? It's like Triple H and Great Kali, something like that. Maybe even Vladimir Kozlov. And then we get no Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels match. We only get a promo segment. I'm like, come on. What do I have to do here? But yeah, it was, uh, the, yeah. that was the segment where he punched the former Nitro girl in the face. Yeah, the bump that made me cringe on here is, of course, the the Jericho landing on his feet, diving from the top of the ladder as a guy who's had knee surgery. I just, oh, I thought I thought he may have blown out his knee there. I almost did some research to see if he had, had actually hurt his knee on that bump. But uh, and of course, the uh, prerequisite, get the belt, fall off the ladder because you're exhausted. You're exhausted. You can't yes. you can't stay up. You can't stay up. Jeff, any chance that Shane McMahon drafts Triple H? There's there's that possibility. I like that. I like that. Uh, the the I think there's a chance Triple H gets put on Shane Shane's show. But I mean, I like that dichotomy. I had called for that, but uh, very slim. Wrong. The chances are zero. <laughs> Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.